Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding with thanksgiving. Lord Almighty, again we come before You and ask that You would meet us here. We ask that, Lord, You would uh, help us to hear Your Word and be changed by it. We pray for Daryl and Carolyn Platt as they are serving You among those who need you in Spain. We pray for the Bible-believing and Christ-honoring churches here in Santa Maria and ask that you would quicken your church and help us, Lord, to be alive and to show your glory right here in Santa Maria, California. And bless us as we turn to you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There was a day when you couldn't go to a fast food restaurant and get free soda refills. I know, if you're under 40, you may think, what? You couldn't always have it your way? No, indeed, you could not. In fact, it was changed by Taco Bell, which is owned by PepsiCo in 1988, is when that change started happening. Well, on a Friday night in 1985, I was out with a couple of buddies at a pizza joint, you might not know this, but you used to actually eat the pizza where you bought it. I, I know that's strange. That's why we called it the Dark Ages, but that was, that was how we did things back then. Anyways, we were having some pizza, and while the pizza was cooking, I went to make sure that the facilities, the facilities were facilitating, leaving my buddies at the table alone with my soda. Came back took a sip of that soda, and found out that it had been spiked with Parmesan and red pepper. The so-called friend who did it loudly proclaimed, I would have done the same, which is flatly not true. I hate practical jokes. I always have hated practical jokes, and I respond poorly to practical jokes. Please do not test me on that. It was a great start to a great evening, that learning that Peter Hollingsworth was someone not to be trusted. I didn't know it that night, but the most important question in life is, who or what do you trust? Everything, everything will be good or bad based upon how you answer this question. In fact... One way of looking at the Bible is that it is designed to help you make this decision well. Who or what will you trust? The Bible is filled with reasons to distrust the world and yourself. And the Bible is filled with reasons to trust the one who is eminently and ultimately trustworthy. In fact, the same can be said for the book, Paul's letter to the Colossians. Paul makes a case from beginning to end that Christ is supreme and Christ is sufficient. Christ is ruler over all and Christ is all we need. And the big idea that we're going to take 
from this theme that we're going to see all the way through the book of Colossians is that you and I must put our hope in Christ and nothing less. Hoping in Christ means learning to put my trust in Him no matter what life throws at us. Paul's letter to Colossians is a unified collection of reasons to put your hope in Jesus Christ. And that is why this summer we are turning to Colossians so that we can see Jesus as He really is. Because as you look to Jesus, as you fix your eyes on on Jesus, you will know Him better. And as you know Him better, you will therefore love Him and trust Him more. Pastor Benji, as I said, is taking a sabbatical this summer. And please do give him space. If you see him at the supermarket, wave at him. Say hi to him. Don't be rude. But also remember uh, that he is charging and recharging and we'll be back come fall to preach God's word to us some more. But this morning, as we're preparing for this study for the next 14 weeks in Colossians, we're going to kind of skip over several key passages so that we can see this Christ is supreme and Christ is sufficient. And that is why you and I can put our hope in the only hope that really will survive. So, let's start right at the top. Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. One of you asked me, to remind us as I came to this passage that Paul calls the Colossians saints. He calls them holy ones. Those who are in Christ are seen by God as holy. Right now, right as you are, no purgatory. Everyone who trusts the promises of God for us in Christ are the holy ones and will certainly enjoy heaven forever. I need an amen. amen. By the way, if you don't know this about me, I am an amening guy. So this summer, I want you to start practicing that, okay? All right. And we're... What happens here is that Paul acknowledges this truth by calling, for the most part, people he'd never met before. He acknowledges this truth by saying, hey, y'all are saints. And you're also sinners. Martin Luther reminded us, he said, we are at the same time saints and sinners. And this is why we must hope in Christ. This is why we must hope in Christ alone. You are a sinner, and therefore you and I will never stop needing Christ. And you are a saint. You who have already trusted the promises of God for you in Christ are a holy one, and therefore you must never stop putting your hope in Christ who has washed you of your sins. Hope in Christ and nothing less. Now, 
as I said, to hope in Christ means that you and I must trust him to be the answer for our biggest problem. Is that our sore back? Is, is that our, our messed up kids? No, my biggest problem is my sin problem. Now, whether you admit it or not, you may call it messing up. You may call it being human, both of which are completely true. But you and I have a sin problem. And our sin is that we are the kind of people like that two-year-old that mama put in time out. You know, I'm sitting on the outside, but I'm standing on the inside. Even if you haven't had kids, you know that because you do it as much as I do. And sin is that folding of the arms and telling God, I don't want you to be in charge. There's good news. As long as there's a heartbeat, there is hope. There is hope because you are loved even in your sin. Last week, I put my four-year-old in timeout. Because she was just being unkind. And as we've been doing for the last 18 years. Oh my goodness, my son graduated from high school yesterday. Pray for me. Please. <laughs> Put Eliana in time out. And as we've been doing for 18 years, we give her an appropriate amount there. And then we go and we sit. And we, we talk about it and we pray. And one of the things that I said to her is, Eliana, even when you are unkind to us, we love you with all our heart. Oh my goodness, this is good news, my friends, because in my sin, Christ is sovereign and Christ is sufficient over my sin. Christ is above and Christ is sufficient. He is all I need to be loved even as I embrace the vomit that is my sin. I'll take hallelujah. That's good. Hallelujah works. We'll go with that. Christ is supreme and Christ is sufficient even in my sin. And this is an ocean of hope that we are going to swim in this summer. But our next paragraph that we're looking at is that Christ is not only supreme, He is not only sufficient over my sin, but He is supreme and He is sufficient over the sin of the church. Where do I get that? Verse 18 to 20 in chapter 1. Paul says, He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything He might be preeminent. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. Christ is supreme. Or as Paul puts it here, He is preeminent. Jesus is at the same time the most important person in the universe and He's the one who's in charge. Jesus is the wisest 
most intelligent, best informed person in history. Jesus can give advice to Bill Gates on how to make a computer, and he can give advice to Elon Musk on how to run a company or three. Jesus could give advice on relationships to Dr. Phil and on personal well-being to Oprah, and he could even give advice to Martha Stewart on decorating. Jesus Christ is preeminent, and he is omnicompetent. Which actually, I'm not entirely comfortable with because that means Donna is closer to Christ than I am because, you know, she's omnicompetent. Mama, where's this? Mama, where's that? Dad, where's mom? <laughs> Guilty. But Paul tells us here, he is the firstborn from the dead. Now, allow me for a second to oversimplify what we're going to unpack here in a couple of weeks. And that is, when it says Jesus is the firstborn from the dead, it means that you who have trusted the promises of God for you in Christ, you who have turned to Him for salvation, Him being the firstborn from the dead is a guarantee that you will be raised from the dead. Now I told you, this is all about hope. This is all about Christ invading our lives and making us the men and women of God that He really wants us to be. And I think that when Paul here says that Jesus is the head of the body, the church, he's talking about the capital C church. He's talking about the universal church. He's talking about that group of Bible-believing and Christ-honoring people the people of God throughout the world and throughout history, at least since the death of Christ and His resurrection. But remember, this is that same group of people who nevertheless continue to be those standing up two-year-olds standing in time out. Who don't always want God to be in charge in your sin. I still love you. Man, where's the hope? How can I be happy while I and my friend, friends remain in our sin? Why? How can I find joy when the church seems so weak? Okay, time out. We're going to come back to this in a few weeks. Around the world, the church is exploding. The church is not weak. God is still in control. But now, where we're at, all the division, all the floundering, all the fits and starts endured by us, the visible church, are guaranteed to produce the beautiful, magnificent, radiant, spotless bride of the Lamb because Jesus is preeminent. Let that soak your soul for a moment. All the division, all the strife, all the floundering and fits and starts endured by the visible church are guaranteed to produce the beautiful, spotless bride of the Lamb because Jesus is supreme and Jesus is sufficient. Are you discouraged? Disgusting portrayals of our president, murder of our unborn, immorality and filth and treachery, and that's not even getting beyond those who call themselves Christians. Fret not. Keep moving 
forward. Though it certainly doesn't seem like it today, and though it take a whole lot more than one sermon to explain why, for His glory He allows this evil to continue for a time. But don't be confused. He is supreme, and He is sufficient, and He is coming back one day. Amen. In the meantime, there are many, in fact, perhaps some in this room right now, who think that the church is a bunch of hypocrites. And I'll even go so far as to say, you may be right, but there's always room for one more. <laughs> and for us who trust the promises of God for us in Christ, for us who remain with our arms sometimes crossed standing up in time out, I'm guilty. For us, we recognize this and we say, help. I need help. Oh my goodness, my friends, this is such a hope-filled, confidence-building, trust-producing, faith-inspiring good news. What is it? The world doesn't depend upon you. The world depends upon Jesus. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row. You don't have to be worried about whether you're good enough. You're not. You don't have to clean yourself up to be a Christian. You don't clean a fish before you catch it. Christ, not Greg Burtnett, not any one of you is supreme. And Christ is is sufficient. So put your hope in Jesus and don't put your hope in anything else that is by definition way, way less. You can have hope today. You can leave this room with hope today, even if your friends abandon you. You can have hope today, even if your marriage is on the rocks and your kids are a pain in the rear end. You can have hope today, even if it just can't seem to get it together if you have Christ. Because He is the one who is in control even over the bad things that happen to you. You can have hope today even in the midst of all that is wrong all around us because Christ holds those who trust Him to hold them. Christ is supreme and Christ is sufficient. Our next set of verses tell us that Christ is sufficient. He is all we need. Verse 27, To them, God's people, His saints, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Him we proclaim. Not me. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all His energy that He powerfully works within me. Christ is sufficient. Christ is all you need. Now, when Paul says Christ in you, the hope of glory... What is he talking about? Christ in you, the hope of glory, means that you need nothing else to make your future now or in heaven. 
But that's not how we live, though, is it? Because there's a lot of lying promises all around us. And they're invading us from every angle. And we even believe some of them, don't we? What hope of glory are your eyes fixed on? What false promises are you trusting? You trusting in money? You trusting in sex? You trusting in power? Are those your hope for happiness now and forever? Good luck with that. Over and over and over again, these have proven untrustworthy. Over and over and over again, they fail us. Which is exactly why we must hope in Christ and nothing less. Even if everyone on your block and everyone in your office is chasing after it, it's a dead end. Hope in Christ and nothing less. You can hope in something better than Golden State bringing back to the best coast what Cleveland stole last year. Because entertainment entertainment of every kind is one of the most hopeless things our culture produces it ends so quickly and leaves us empty almost as soon as the fat lady sings oh we can milk it for a day or two but the only real hope the only true hope is not in any kind of tv show It's only in Christ who alone is sufficient to meet your deepest, most important need. That need that we avoid and drown out when we're doing this. Or when we're doing this. So go to His Word. Dig in. Find Jesus. Get to know Him. Grow in Him. If for no other reason, try God's Word because you've tried everything else. My friends, Christ is supreme and Christ is sufficient. Now hang with me. I know we're going through Colossians in staccato fashion because we're just hitting these highlights what we're going to wrestle with later on in the summer. But what I want you to get this morning, what I want you to hear without a doubt, is that Christ is supreme and Christ is sufficient and therefore we can find our hope in Him. Let's go to Colossians 2, 6 and 7 where Paul writes, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith just as you were taught and abounding with thanksgiving. Now, again, Paul comes back to this idea that Christ is sufficient. Christ is all we need because that same trust that led us into a relationship with Him is that trust that will lead us through this valley of the shadow of death. Death is a reminder of the Sahara desert of hopelessness that we live in every day. Death, finally, is the one thing that we try to drown out 
with all the ceaseless noise and all the consumerism and all the obsessions that we have because we don't want to hear it and we just want to plug our ears and scream. David's valley is not the day that you and I will one day be laying on our own deathbed. The valley of the shadow of death is the reality that you and I may not make it home from church today. Oh, I can't wait to get to this passage because we're going to see here clearly that faith, this trust, this confidence in the rock star solid Jesus Christ and His promises to you is the only hope that you will find on this planet. And because hope in Him and His Holy Word is the only hope that you will find, we will also find it is all we need. Hope in Christ and nothing less. Focus on Jesus' promises found in His words. Listen, I'm a practical kind of guy. I, I really just, you, you got to call it as you see it. If you're doing a regular Bible study right now, I want you to stay with it. If you don't have a regular Bible study right now, I'm going to give you a very practical idea. Open up your Bible. Start in Matthew chapter 1. Today, you're going to read Matthew chapter 1. And before you read it, you're going to do something. You're going to say, Lord... Help me meet you here. Meet me here so that I can see Jesus. And you're going to go Matthew 1, Matthew 2, Matthew 3. You're going to go Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. And keep going. And guess what? If on Wednesday you miss Matthew chapter 3, what you should do is beat yourself up and feel really bad. No! No! Thursday, you pick up where you left off and you just keep moving forward because there's grace for that. And if you go to God's Word and you ask Him to meet you there, He will! He will meet you there. And not only will He meet you there, but, and it'll be hard at first. Don't, don't get me wrong. Satan doesn't want you to do it. It will be hard at first. But you'll develop a taste. And don't worry about the world out there because they're trying to characterize... If you just listened to what the media says about God's Word, I mean, holy smoke, foolishness is the best word that you could come up with. You could probably think of worse. Don't listen to what they say. Read God's Word yourself. Ask him to show you what it means. Then find godly people who can read it with you. But if you do this, not because I'm so smart, but because Christ is supreme and because Christ is sufficient, you will meet Him. You will know Him better. And because you know Him better, you will therefore love Him and trust Him more. Christ is supreme Christ is sufficient. And you need to do this. You need to do this not because some pastor stands up in front of you and says, hey, you should read God's Word. 
You need to do this if for no other reason than the topic Paul tackles next. What do we do most in our lives? We work. Does anybody ever have struggles at work? Does anybody ever have struggles with hopelessness at work? You, you ever wonder, am I just spinning my wheels? Anybody ever feel that way? Paul addresses you right now. Colossians 3, 23, 24, he says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. We're going to camp out here when we get there. But we have to answer the question this morning. Where's the hope in that passage? Work heartily as for the Lord? Oh my goodness, if you only knew. Man, it is so hard. Where's the hope? The hope in this passage is found in the fact that any and all honest work is significant. Changing diapers? Eternally significant. Fixing cars? Eternally significant. Putting pipes together? Eternally significant. Working your best for a big fat jerk of a boss? Eternally significant. Jesus is supreme and Jesus is sufficient even for mean bosses. Which, by the way, I don't have. Clarify that. I just want you all to know that. But I know some of y'all do. But it's the truth. You and I need hope in our area of work because it's something we do day in and day out. Am I just spinning my wheels? Am I making widgets for nothing? Am I making air? Which, by the way, speaking of making air... Our boys and girls at the MDA did a good job this week. No, they hit a bullet with a bullet over the ocean. Catch this. Congrats, guys, for doing that. Hitting a fake IBM at a combined speed of 38,000 miles per hour. And they were aiming at the center mass of this ICBM. They missed the center mass at 38,000 miles per hour by two and a half inches. Way to go, boys. Good work. Keep it up. As my buddy Matt says, precision is the key to air power. Hoorah! (laughs) If you're providing for your family, if you're providing for the good of our culture, like, you know, 300 million people not being bombed by nuclear weapons... The work you are doing is eternally significant. So even if you feel like you're spinning your wheels, hope in Christ and not your work or lack thereof. Because even over our work or our unemployment, Christ is supreme and Christ is sufficient. And just in case you missed that, Paul gives us one last reason to hope Almost the end of the book, in verse 17, he says, Say to Archippus, who's Archippus? I don't know. Say to Archippus, See that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. Chuck, 
See that you fulfill the ministry you have in the Lord. Sally, see that you fulfill the ministry you have in the Lord. See that you do the work that God has given you to do. You are eternally significant. Not in some absurd, politically correct, self-esteem way that gives absolutely no hope at all. Witness all our universities imploding on themselves right now. You are eternally significant because Jesus has blessed you. You are eternally significant because the eternally supreme, sufficient, significant Christ has made you a part of His plan to do His work in His creation for His glory. You and I are means for bringing about His goodness in the world around you. And there are a lot of people around you who need to see His goodness because they have no hope. You are Christ's means, His tool for bringing hope to the world around you. And that is why you must put your hope in Christ and nothing less. I wished I had found out that teenage boys are not as trustworthy with my soda as I thought they were. And you may have found quite a few other things that are not trustworthy in this room, in this world. Yeah. Or this room. And you and I are wearing scars because of those, aren't we? Misplaced trust. In fact, if we're wise enough, we have already learned the most untrustworthy thing, the closest to us, is right here. My own heart. But if you're willing... And if you open your eyes, and if you choose to see, you will find in God's Word, and in Colossians in particular, many reasons to trust. And you will find much hope. So start looking today, and you won't be disappointed. Hope in Christ, and nothing less.